apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com. Email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com or give him a call. 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345. Corporate NMLS number 338923. Mac Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC. DBA, Mac Home Mortgage. Lo-Fi Direct. Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent. License Lender. Broker number ML338923. Massachusetts Mortgage Lender and Mortgage Broker License Number MC338923. Rhode Island License Lender. License number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Hello and welcome to Following Flames. I'm Robbie McCluskey, joined as always by Joe Aguirre. It's kind of our campfire conversation kind of podcast between a couple of buds. And uh, Joe, glad to have you back again. You're looking fantastic. I feel good. I'm actually going for a CAT scan next week. And funny story, uh, this show aired on Sunday evening because I messed up and I don't know how to read a calendar properly. But in that episode, you'll recall, I mentioned I, I've been having some medical issues <laughs> that my doctor uh, had put me on some new medications. My mom texted me Sunday night and she said, is everything all right? And I didn't put two and two together. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Why? And she lists off all of my medical conditions. But I'm I'm getting a, a CAT scan on Wednesday of next week because of my COVID brain. My doctor was a little concerned about that. And I've also had a thing where I, you know, and again, I feel like I see something on the left side. And huh. so, uh, yeah. Is I don't COVID know. brain like an actual medical term now? Or is that mm-hmm. just forgetfulness over the past two years or so summed up so sort of yes and sort of no i i think i mentioned last uh last time that you know i've had a bit of a change in my diet Mm -hmm. and i'm eating less meat as a result and and so part of the flippy eye here the problem well we'll get to your eye in a minute but um, part of of that was the failed flippy eye (laughs) they think part of the reason i'm seeing spots might be to do with the b12 deficiency Huh. So, yeah. And so the cat scan was a, well, let's just make sure that, you know, this is related to you having a B12 deficiency. And yeah, um, yeah. so a totally good idea. Brain yeah. stuff is nothing to mess with. It'll be, you know, it'll be interesting to see because I, you know, here's the thing, Robbie. 
I teach classes, as you know. I do a mm-hmm. lot of live shows. I I rarely, if ever, you know, lose my train of thought. So it hasn't it hasn't been anything like that. Again, it's just sort of like again looking at a calendar and trying to schedule this show to run Friday night at eight, and somehow having it air on Sunday night at eight. That well, was uh, a hard to explain thing. Having been your student, I would say that you've got no trouble expressing the thoughts you have, but I would never really consider it a very orderly train of thought a lot of the time. You're one of the few people that in a class can spit out 10 stories based on one question related to a single story and then get to the moral of that first story. I'll be honest. Sometimes when I'm telling a story, I'll forget what I'm talking about and I'll just start telling a different one. And again, once I, I, if I feel like I lost a thought, I'm out. I'll just bounce to a new one. Uh, so it doesn't stand out to anybody. Like new story. All right, <laughs> new story until you Must remember. Be a the bigger you lesson here. Yeah, right. And then something will trigger, and I'm like, oh, back to that first story. By the way, here's how that thing ends. I'm glad that that people haven't picked up on it. Here's the other thing, and I, I told you, my doctor knows me very well. And I think you might have even asked the question. No, maybe it was my buddy, Jimmy. Uh, I was telling about this on the phone. I do smoke pot, and I have for a long time in my life. Could that be part of the reason why I sometimes forget what I'm doing? And so, again, is it a B12 deficiency? Is that the long-term effects of marijuana? Or is there something wrong with my brain? We're going to find out. And then they're just going to say it's letter D, all of the above. (laughs) <laughs> and they have no solution um so i take four pills now a day to live i guess i guess i'm taking i take a blood pressure pill they just put my cholesterol was high i think i mentioned that too dude they called me up with i, I got so nervous about it and it's like your cholesterol is high and i'm like yeah i know it's been for like three years we've been talking about me going on a pill sounds like he's got memory issues yeah no Again, see, this is why, and for all the all the love nurses get, I'm gonna get, <laughs> I'm gonna attack a nurse for a minute. That nurse doesn't know. I mean, literally, the last three years, my doctor and I, uh, she's like, you know, you're, because my thing is, is my good cholesterol is low and my bad cholesterol is high, and you gotta, you know, you gotta have, strike a balance in those two things, and to treat one is to basically mess the other, right? And so. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, again, unless you go on a pill. Um, yeah. Diet wise, basically to get your good cholesterol up, you would negatively affect your bad cholesterol and vice versa. Oh, that's kind of like taking a probiotic after an antibiotic. Try yeah. and get the good biotic formula right. in your gut back to a good level. That makes sense. So, you know, I've lost some weight. My my good cholesterol went up a couple times. You know, drinking more red wine was the solution to that. No joke. It's weird when your doctor's like, you know what? You should probably drink more red wine with dinner. And you're like, can you put that on a prescription form so I can bring that home? Uh, I think that red wine with dinner in addition to breakfast and lunch is going to be <laughs> not too much. Doc. <laughs> she she didn't think about that. But again, right, this nurse doesn't know that we've been we've been sort of having and hawing about whether I should take a cholesterol pill or not. And it's mm-hmm. like, all right, you know, it's like a recession is, uh, you know, like negative growth in back to back quarters. Yeah, my my cholesterol ha- has been poor enough for enough visits that it's like, no, nah, all right. I knew the pill was coming. But then the way that late the way the nurse delivered it, it's like we found something terrible. Your urinalysis. 
also came back. That's fine. Um, and I was like, oh my God, is this, I feel like I was like, uh, like it was the impractical jokers, you know, we like, found oh, something terrible. Yeah, it was somebody's social headline. security card yeah. left behind. Now tell them you're looking at this other thing and everything looks super normal. Like, it, it was weird. Um, but anyway, yeah. So to answer your question, I'm good. Well, that's good. <laughs> now, for anybody who's listening to the audio version of this, let me paint a picture. <laughs> you're going to need a lot of different colors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're going to have to tell the story, but uh, Robbie is rocking a shiner. Yep. Something it's, it's, fierce. It's on the mend. So I. It looks like it just happened three minutes ago. <laughs> see that's the difference between having hemophilia like things that everyone is like oh my god it looks horrible how are you living i'm just like oh really this is like a five out of ten for me so honestly and this was a head thing so at at first i was super worried so just backstory i was so many people like oh did you get in a fight and i'm like no i just you're a lover not a fighter i'm a i'm i'm a lover of that hard wood which is exactly (laughs) what i fell on Don't spin it any other way. Um, But so essentially just having dinner the other night, uh, you know, some chicken nugs because um, I'm 10 years old and (laughs) I uh, was like going to get some ketchup because I'm 10 years old. And I was like walking back, just uh, tripped on the carpet and started to stumble like a drunk man at three in the morning. And I I like knew I was about to fall. So I'm like, like my heart's uh, adrenaline starts pumping just so I can hyperanalyze everything and find a comfortable area to put this plane down. So I start falling. I'm really good at falling. I'm like the evil Knievel of the disabled community, essentially. Um, <laughs> so I just like started going down on a carpet. And the only thing that missed a comfort, like a three inch rug was the corner of my head. So I went down and I like smack and I've like hit my head before and had bad enough concussions and like, like one time in college I hit my head and was and like got up and looked in the mirror and I can only see I could only see the outline of my head. I couldn't make out any kind of details of my face when that happened. But this time I just like went down and I smacked my face just right on the corner of my eye just above the corner of my eyebrow. And it hurt obviously. So I was just like holding it and everything. And um I got my grandpa next to me who's like freaking out. And I'm just like, hey, it's okay, grandpa, I'm okay. And he's like, no, you're not. And I'm like, what are you telling me? I know, I know who I am. But then I finally open up my eye and I like pull my hand away and I'm like, oh, God, the bottle of ketchup must have just like shattered or something. So because I had red and I was like started to lick it off my hand. I was like, oh, God, that's not ketchup. And I realized it was just like blood pouring out of the corner of my eye and everything. So that was a little shocker because like at first I thought I just kind of bumped it and then it was just like pouring all over. And it's actually like you can't see it on the camera that I got, but it is a sweet like it's like a perfect X. As far as facial injuries go, this is like this is like the kind of cut that you'd see as like an option in a like character creation in a video game to make your character look badass. It was yeah. actually one of the more stylish injuries I could have gotten. And that was pretty much the only issue that I had. I, like I got hemophilia, so I had to like mind my headaches just because I didn't want to like have an internal bleed in my head or something because every you like, look like a heroin dealer tonight. Yeah, well it's it yeah, tonight. But <laughs> Um, well, you know, you got to look the part. Um, but so I, I, like got everything, like put some like second skin, that nail polish stuff on it that acts as like a layer of skin. And then three days later, I wake up in the morning 
and I've then I had the black eyes. So this was three days later after the injury happened. I've been icing it the entire time. And when I woke up, it was, I kid you not, just the most perfect as if as if I had applied makeup. Like I've seen girls spend like over an hour on their makeup and still not look as good as this black eye right when I first saw it. And it, so it was like nice purple shade, almost like kind of like a midnight purple, one of my favorite car colors. But it tapered off into those like perfect kind of pointed tail kind of things that a lot of makeup artists or people doing their makeup do that kind of taper them off. And I just refused to go out for the rest of that day because I I legitimately took a picture and I looked exactly like like a drag queen on the walk of shame. It was just I was like, I mean, I, I that is a perfect I, I will eye. say there are few adjectives I could use that would be better than fabulous to describe how I looked that day. Um, on the right side of my face, left side was normal, right side was fabulous. And yeah, so then after, so I just, it just kept bleeding through after a while. And then I, I, I pretty much ended up looking like half raccoon status. And now it's like going away. It's like half raccoon, half just kind of like this weird yellowish brown. And honestly, like, I think I might've fractured my orbital bone. I don't know if that's the proper bone, but just that area up there, because that's the yeah. only thing that hurts. But my goodness, it was a bit unusual and I mean, I already like I'm walking around with a cane already. So everyone just thinks I'm pretty much a calamity. And then the other day I picked up my friend to go out and she was super hungover and just looked like total trash. So we were just an absolutely disgusting looking pair of people just walking around. Um, it was pretty great. Honestly, like it looked like something that would be it, we looked like a pair of people that would be interviewed on Channel 5, which uh, I don't know if you know Channel 5. It's just a, a YouTube channel with a. Andrew Callahan, fantastic kind of gonzo journalist type of guy who goes all over interviewing people in the armpits of America and really important kind of documenting really important events as they happen. But yeah, it honestly, if it had happened around Halloween, I probably would have just been like going as somebody from Florida. But oh, my God. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it would have worked great. Wouldn't yeah. even wouldn't have had Trailer a shower. Park attendant. <laughs> yep. So that was uh, that was probably one of the four main things that happened to me in the past five days that were that was of any kind of significance in addition to well, that i met some of my family from alabama so it oh, was great to Lord. have a it was great to have a, a an amazing first impression as the bad influence with a black eye as i met uh, my alabama family very very religious and it was a struggle for me not because not because i disagreed with them but i was they had uh, their daughter here as well, who I could tell was kind of very sheltered. So I was like trying to make sure I didn't say anything that would be something they didn't want her to hear, because usually I'm kind of all over the place and relatively unfiltered. But I wanted to respect their wishes uh, as well as uh, the good Lord's presence. So I toned it back a bit and um, had a couple they, of slip ups. But did they ask you not to say anything to burst her bubble? No, 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 no. Well, OK, just so implied. just no. Implied. So I did. I did at one point make a joke about um, because I think we were talking about and I don't know for sure if this actually happened. But in conversation, we were talking at one point about how Pepsi might have had to deal with a certain type of vodka to kind of make a like a type of cocktail for sale. And I made the joke. I was like, oh, that's probably why I struggled so much in high school, because now I went through my Pepsi phase then. And then she like covered her daughter's ears. And I was just like, oh, OK, that might be that might be a little too risque. 
But there was one point where we actually went out to dinner and I was telling a story because I had worked on my car with my dad this weekend. And that was that in itself was an act of generosity because offering to have my dad work on my car with me, like uh, I went into that kind of knowing that was adding three hours onto the day. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was like, eh, you know, it's it's actually like, you know how uh, the the whole thing, like a dad raising his son, like teaching him how to work on a car. It was pretty much the flip of that, like me, a 28 year old dude just teaching his dad how to work on a car with him. So it was actually really nice, but I knew I was kind of getting getting into uh, being kind of a uh, almost like a camp counselor type person being like, OK, you know, let's do this. But just uh, hands off of that. Don't touch that. Um, just uh, hand me the wrench. Know the wrench. Know the wrench. Oh, my God. That's the wrench. Dude, that's like literally the opposite of my family, because my dad never showed me how to do anything my dad just did stuff and so i find myself a 47 year old man who still there's things i don't i don't know how to do i don't do well i can't do a lot of i don't fix my own car i'd like to yeah Uh, well i i I did interesting uh, my justification for that was i took my car in and they were like "Eh, it's going to be about a five six hour job so maybe like five or six hundred dollars estimated and I look online and the part's like $95. And I was like, you know what? I have nothing but free time right now. I can buy the part as well as I can buy a bunch of tools for myself to do it and probably still be under half the cost of the job. So I'd come yeah. out of it fixing my car, having a lot more tools and at least knowing how to do it. Realized how terrible an idea that was simply because uh, I drive a Prius and everything is shoved into the worst possible spot. It's like they were playing Tetris with Tetris with the freaking parts in that car. So literally just to like swap out one part, I had to pretty much take off the bumper halfway, remove the headlight, jack the car up on both sides. So the fluids that I was using to replace like would would drain properly and stuff. It was a, a, a very educational experience. But, you know, um, screw Toyota. Um, I'm just kidding. I actually really like Toyota, but I do, too. I have two but, Toyotas. Yeah. Anyway, the uh, so after like uh, when when we were out to dinner with uh, the family from uh, from Bama, we were talking, joking. And I made a joke about uh, like working with my dad and stuff. And then I was like, I had turned over and uh, well, somebody had also made a joke about my black eye. And uh, one of the members of the family was like, ha ha. Well, you say that name again, you're going to have another shiner. And I was like, wait a minute. Did I did I say did I say somebody's name? Who's whose name would I? be what i have said and why would that have offended anyone and after a while i was like did i just kind of inadvertently you said Jesus say Christ, didn't you i, I was I, no i was thinking i said like swear to god or something like that I, I i kept asking i was like did i say a name i i don't know what name i said like what and i never got a response because i'm pretty sure at that moment they realized that like them telling me not to say something as an adult out in public in like kind of my own home area might have been crossing a line so they just didn't respond when i was trying to get an answer and it's probably for the best because i was ready to ruin the entire dinner just to be like don't tell me what to say like even if it's just like like i mean i'm not really a religious like okay so i'm the kind of person who will completely respect if you say like hey man like you might not uh live this kind of life but just so you know like that might have been offensive to me or or that that's kind of something that you know we don't say especially because like like the the family was there so i don't want to create a bad dynamic or anything if he had voiced it like that i would have been like oh okay yeah no i totally understand you know that's good thank you for letting me know 
uh, that is a mature way to express how you're feeling to me. Thank you for doing so in that appropriate way. But that other way, I was just like, oh, man, if you can confirm what I think is what's going on, please do, because I am always uh, on my tippy toes, ready to jump at the opportunity to just like kind of lay out a lot of little quips and uh, jump on the opportunity to kind of sass back, if I may. Yeah, uh, I'm way more aggressive with that kind of stuff. I don't know that I could help myself. When I hear people say things that I think are ridiculous, I can't stay quiet. You know what I mean? I can't well, do it. Well, the fact I was also kind of I was I was it's God, I was really ready to ruin a family dinner. But um just being like well, they're also Alabama, so I was ready to just be like, oh well, looks like I'm sitting next to Captain Snowflake over here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I was pretty sure would offend somebody or would really throw somebody from Alabama off. But I had a, a young gentleman who worked for me doing a talk show, and he was a religious fella. Mm-hmm. And I had written a joke that kind of poke fun of religion. And, and he was like, I don't, I don't want to do this joke. I wrote his whole monologue. Um, and he was like, I don't want to do this joke. And I was like, well, you're, you're going to do it. Cause it's funny. And he didn't even get the joke was the worst part of it. And so, uh, he, he knew my feelings on religion and each and every week when he would come to record his show, he would ask me questions. And, you know, he would be like, well, you know, my priest said this or my dad told me this. And I'm like, dude, look it up. It's not true. You know, and look, my whole thing is I'm like, I'm, I'm not trying to tell people what to think or how to think. But you have to believe in factual information. And if I hear you talking nonsense, especially to a child in front of me, you should be prepared to be corrected. You know, to me, it's like, dude, if you're going to if you're going to like if that's going to be your thing, keep it away from me. You know, respect that. I'm not going to listen to like some nonsense and go along with it. I I about 10 years ago, the Monday after Christmas was telling a story about Brad Pitt um, and his you know, he said the biggest betrayal of his life was when his parents lied to him about Santa Claus being real and. I mean, obviously, in the context of the story I'm telling it, it's Santa Claus isn't real. And this is the that Monday is an appropriate time to get the white privilege stamp of approval yeah. there. People were super. They were like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you're, you're I'm like, this story has nothing to do with Santa Claus. It's about the lie and the, the lack of. And here's the thing. If your kid figures something out, they figure out. Uh, Santa Claus isn't real or that you smoke pot or whatever your kid comes at you with. And they're like, I think this like they've to do some things and you're going to look your kid dead square in the eye and be like, nope, that's wrong. To me, that is doing your child a great disservice when it comes to their use of intellect and logic to mm-hmm. do something they trusted their instincts they followed the leads and you're like nope wrong despite all the evidence that you've discovered um i don't want to admit that so i'm going to continue to lie to you why do people do that to their kids yeah i don't know i mean i personally don't have any kids so i can't put myself in the uh headspace of somebody do you want to be lied to as a i mean do you want your dad to like lie to you and tell you like jesus is coming in a couple of weeks to bring you back to heaven or do you want to like 
kind of get out there and see what's really going on. Well, I mean, I wouldn't mind if my dad lied to me because that would mean that he had come back from the corner store where he went to get cigarettes <laughs> 20 years ago. Unfortunately, <laughs> the story started with you and your dad working on a car together. So, no, dad uh, is the name of my brother. That is the name of no, no what you should have said. We're not was, from Alabama, but we yeah. still have a weird family. <laughs> my mom's second husband who raised me after my dad left to get those smokes. I call yeah, him. He dad. raised me to call me. He raised me to call him dad, even yeah. though he knew it wasn't the facts. <laughs> Lying bastard. And, and Joe was Damn. not there to correct him. Damn it. Your name is Roger. Just call yourself Roger. You know, Jesus. Yeah, no, I honestly, it could be. Robbie is just the one that came around most often. They they said like <laughs> Roger, Robin, Raleigh, but Robbie was R. the most frequent. So just yeah. law of averages, I stuck with it and wrote it on all my tests. That's hilarious. And yeah, I've still I just, been able to vote. So that's got to be it. I, I, I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? When, mm -hmm. when I just listen, if your religion is, is passes the muster test, passes the smell test and all that, right? If it's on the uppity up lying to your kids about it to get the, I, I, here's, I guess part of why I'm bringing this up is I just started watching this Netflix thing about the Mormons. Uh, wait, right? wait, I think you might have mentioned that last last week, but we didn't. That might have been at the end of the show. But go, go ahead. I want to hear more about it. Yeah. So uh, basically, the uh, the the LDS, the Latter Day Saints, that's an mm -hmm. offshoot. Like even the Mormons were like, you guys are ridiculous with this religion. They believe you have to have a minimum of three wives to go to heaven. And so they mostly kick the sons out. Like when you're a teenage boy, if you're not like with the leadership group, they're pretty much going to boot you and you're not mm. allowed to have contact with your family anymore, but everybody's got like 30 kids. So no one really misses you, you know? Um, but basically they were, uh, you know, to gain favor with each other, you know, it's like, here's my 14 year old daughter. What do you got for me? I mean, they were like basically sex trafficking kids. And for people who grew up in, in the latter day religion, I mean, they don't know any better. You know, they're yeah. like this guy, Rulon Jeffs, he's the prophet. And, uh, you know, they thought he was never going to die. And then he died. And they were like, oh, my God, like, what happens now? And his son was like, well, I'm in charge now, I guess. That's what God said. And, um, dude, people like were 2012 in the rapture. They yeah. were just like, no, 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 no. I mean, we, we missed the letter here. So we're doing the corrections now. We got it figured out. So he would call people up in front of the group and be like, what is God saying to you? Who should be the next leader? And you're like, uh, you, you are. What else would they say? It's a very intimidating situation, right? Yeah. So again, look, if your religion is great, then just present it to people and they should just fall all over themselves to be a part of it. But if you have to like, if your religion is trafficking underage children, it's not a religion. Uh, it's a cult. Let's start there, right? That goes for all of them. If there's child abuse happening, it's a racket, and it's about abusing children. And it's about taking advantage of, you know, people who are poor and who are looking for something is is what it is. And that's, that's, like always, it. that's always been the one thing with religion. Like, I know a lot of people that, uh, or I know, and, and I've also, through media and stories and documentaries, come across people that have great recovery stories because of religion. And that's something I'm like, if you can find motivation as like personal growth or track 
or an assist in a track to recovering from something and it takes the form of religion more power to you all the better honestly like if you can find the good in that then that is absolutely fantastic and i have no problem with that but when it becomes, you say if you if you find the good in that because you have to search a little bit it's not evident in religions like what the good is yeah, well, it's 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 that recurring subject. You know, people are very selective with with what they start to focus on or what they absorb as opposed to other things. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of not even just faith based, but since we're on the topic of faith right now, it's just, you know, a lot of people are like selecting, uh, you know, homophobic aspects of religion or a lot of things that say this is how you should live your life and this ha- is how you shouldn't live your life. When other people are just like, oh, I like how this guy did something nice in the book. I, you know, I'll take, I'll take some uh, motivations or some uh, kind of cues from that and try to replicate that. Be a good person, you know. Do charitable things, um, you know. Help the less fortunate than me. Try to be a positive message, uh, you know. Try to be a light in the dark as opposed to just being like, oh, that person's doing that wrong because of this this vague um, interpretation of scripts that were written in different languages and then roughly translated multiple times throughout history. You know, it's it's that selectivity. But honestly, if people can f- be the kind of uh, the selective type of person and choose the even if they're not specific, the most positive things, focusing on the positive aspects of those religions, then that, that's that's just a positive minded person. That's what I would consider to be an uh, like a natural optimist, which is someone that I can relate to a lot of the time. So when it comes to the Jesus religions, from which I originally I was a Roman Catholic altar boy, the whole nine. And I read the Bible, Robbie, I did. And there was a chapter uh, in Matthew, Matthew chapter 23, that kind of opened my eyes to some things. Jesus said to the crowds and his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Be careful to do everything they tell you, but don't do what they do, for they don't practice what they preach. He goes on to say, you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher and you are all brothers. Do not call anyone on earth father. For you have one father and he is in heaven, nor are you to be called instructors for you have one instructor, the Messiah, the greatest among you will be servant for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Bloppity blop. He also goes on to say, don't pray in repetitious fashion and talks about not going to temple, uh, that the Lord is here. And that you know, God's in your mind, that that the temple he's referring to is the temple of your brain that your relationship with God should be internal, not external. You shouldn't call anybody rabbi or father. I remember reading that and being like, hey, Father Workus, I got a question for you. It seems like, you know, and, I, and I've said this before, Robbie, but when you go to a church, they don't they read from the letter of Paul to the Corinthians or they read Romans one. Nobody ever reads Matthew 23. Don't come here and don't give us your money. Just pray at home. That's what Jesus said to do. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody teaches that part of the religion. Isn't that interesting? Well, because it says, don't come here and give us your money. Yes, exactly. Don't go through anybody on earth to get to heaven. Now, I don't believe in any of that nonsense. I especially wouldn't fall for some charlatan like Joel Osteen and his billions of dollars that he's literally stolen from people under the guise then- that under the guise that eternal life is theirs on the other side. I Churches mean, are dude, essentially, they're essentially like the crusty crab in real life. It's like the Catholic yes. church, come spend your money here. 
Dude, I mean, these to, to to sell somebody, if Donald Trump was the Catholic Church, they would have investigated him and hit him with fraud charges already. You're going to live uh, after you die. Boy, you are going to get your just rewards here. It's going to be amazing. How are you promising that? And where is this information coming from? Because it's not in the Bible. This idea that you're going to be reunited with your family in heaven is like a fourth century made up thing. There was never any church doctrine that would have spoken to that. Also, St. Francis came up with the concept of purgatory for babies that weren't baptized and died. And Mm -hmm. then uh, about 10 years ago, the church was like, you know what? There's no purgatory. Those kids are in heaven. Yeah. And people, and then now even a lot of churches are like discounting the words of the Pope because it's too progressive for what they're feeling. Well, so listen, there were women in their 70s and 80s who had lost children in their lifetime who believed their children were burning in purgatory, this perpetual state of not in heaven, but not in hell. They lived their entire life under that false, completely made up church doctrine, believing that their kid was suffering in some Middle Earth. And then the church was like, nah, that was dumb. Really? That was very real to that woman. For a lot of people, purgatory like was a real place. And again, people have this idea of heaven in the afterlife. And it's if you read the Bible, what people think they're getting into in eternal life is not the deal you're looking for. You basically get to worship at God's feet for the rest of eternity. Well, nothing in there about reuniting with your puppy from when you were a kid and he's fully grown and healthy and you're at your peak. There's nothing in any of the Bible that even remotely suggests any fantasy like that. Why do we continue to tell people like that's a thing? It's also like there. It's not like a newspaper. Like you can't just print a correction because you got it wrong in one of the editions. Like when people are supposed to dedicate their like the faith that they have to this religion and they're following it, those that are dedicated to actually following it word for word. And then it just gets changed on them. That's messed up. Yeah, it's messed up. And, you know, some people, I would actually imagine a lot of people are are looking for the reasons to justify it. And then the people that they look to are probably like the religious figures. And they're willing to give them that just like the the answers that they're looking for for them to have faith in that. You know, just it, it's kind of like, oh, like we're having questions about this now. Then we'll go to the person to get those answers, who's also the person creating those questions. You know, it's not really like right. there's no there's you, not really much accountability is kind of what I'm saying. Robbie, it's like how do, how do you I'm determine sure you right? You've seen the polls in America in particular. I mean, people are becoming more and more not religious every day. The numbers yeah. are skewing towards because, look, you know, again, at the end of the day, well, at the end of the day, look, there's a lot of investment in even going to a church. And I don't even just mean mm-hmm. financially, but like just being in it and going to it and getting ready for it and driving to it and going home and what other activities there are involved in it. And I feel like today's people just aren't really down for that kind of thing. That's number one. Yeah. Especially um, on the West coast when football games start at like 10 or 11 in the morning on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real problem. You yeah. know, it's something that you definitely have to consider, but dude, again, the, the reason people are not roasted when it comes to the Christian religion and, and the words of Jesus and, and that whole closing act of the the new testament do you understand that 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 religion and jesus was basically saying the world's ending soon 
And he didn't mean like 2,100 years later. He meant like in the next month or so. If you read the Bible, he actually says it was going to happen in the apostles' lifetime. Mm -hmm. They're all dead. So that didn't happen. Not even close. As far as you know. As far as I know, and maybe no, it was all set up. They're just chilling with Jim Morrison, Biggie, and Tupac somewhere (laughs) hidden. That's another thing. Wouldn't we love to believe there's a place where Jimi Hendrix and Tupac and Biggie and all these other people that have apparently faked their death, the 27 Club, they're all kind of jamming out somewhere? Mm, Love to believe that's true. Yeah, love to believe that's true. You know, that would be amazing. A lot of people believe that any number of those people, or even Hitler, is still alive, but don't believe that we landed on the moon. When there is a lot of legitimate, well, just I've seen videos recently about like debunking all the moon landing stuff that, and it's it's so obvious just the amount of technology needed. Yeah, to listen, people are going to believe what they believe regardless of the words. I remember asking my priest why Jesus in Matthew twenty three was like, don't. Don't go to church. That's dumb. And he didn't have a satisfactory answer for me. And that was the beginning of the end for me because I thought, dude, this guy's got to know this stuff. How does he not know this? The more I thought about it, the more I kind of read more into it, I was like, I think a lot of this is bullshit. I think a lot of this stuff, a lot of this doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. A lot of these stories seem outrageously ridiculous. Right. Like, I mean, a talking snake, people just sort of take that and like, yeah, okay, that happened. I could see there was a snake that talked. They're like, hey, there are birds that can talk. Why not a snake? Right. A snake, a snake. I guess I also don't. I mean, right. uh, uh, If you if you consider that whole story, they ate from the tree of wisdom, Robbie. They wanted to know stuff. They wanted to educate and, and know something beyond God. And apparently that was a sin. It was the original sin was just wanting to not be a slave to like the creator. That Mm -hmm. was a sin. And it's one, I guess we're all supposedly born with. No, thanks. I'm not, I'm all set with that. The tree set them up. He set them up. In reality could have just been a tree with like fruits growing that caused massive psychedelic reactions. Could have been that. Mm Mm-hmm. Dude, Eve, are you all right? Oh, man, the snake was like, eat those mushrooms. He was you like, know? dude, I talked to God, and he was like, don't believe anything. Yeah, look, I ate a whole bunch of those mushrooms, and then I grabbed an apple off the tree of wisdom <laughs> from that snake who told me I should take a bite, and you should too. Right? Like, dude, that is some Jim Morrison shit right there. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds like psychedelic drugs. But there's a lot of people in this world who believe that that story to be true. Again, some of those same people don't believe we landed on the moon, but they believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. And there's a lot of things, just, you know, toss ups that could explain why a baby might have been born without an established father in the picture. Yeah, that's very 1990s America. Ahead of its time, really. Yeah. Um, Jesus did it before it was cool. This is funny, too, right? Again, I grew up Roman Catholic, dude. Joseph, that is a stand-up guy. That's a stand-up guy. He took a bride, 
She was 14, but still. She got knocked up. He's like, I'll raise that kid. It's all good. Mm -hmm. And yet, especially in the Catholic Church and with religious people, they look down on divorce. They look down on step parents. Now that you even mentioned that, so many religious people are saying, uh, it, you know, put a kid up for adoption if you don't want to get an abortion. And, and that's completely contradictory. It's selectivity. It's like it, it's going to come back to people being like, I like this and I don't like that. Right. Again, so when I hear somebody's telling their kid nonsense, I'm going to be like, I'm sorry. If you're going to talk about this stuff in front of me, I, I'm going to have to correct you with facts. Mm -hmm. with information I've acquired along the way. And Robbie, you know, again, dude, it's so funny. You know, when I, when I go hang out on the conservative radio station or when I'm talking to a young religious fellow who's got questions, I'm speaking from experience. You know, I'm not some like left wing lifelong atheist. I'm somebody who was a conservative and a Christian Catholic person uh, for a long time and very devout in my beliefs. So I haven't been brainwashed. I'm not a traitor to my people or whatever, you know? You're just someone who's molded by changing information. Yes. Again, when, when I see factual information in front of me, I'm not, I can't ignore it. I can't ignore it. And then in the same breath, tell you, I believe in some supernatural BS because Sorry to say, dude, that the logic doesn't add up, right? I mean, if you're not a scientist, you're probably too stupid to debunk the moon landing, right? Yeah. I mean, to you, say? you don't understand you seen... physics, right? We, we and I, I think you and I talked about just the way that on because of gravity in the moon, right? The way the dirt comes off the truck and it drops. It looks oh, yeah. Fake. It's yeah, because there's no uh, the way the dirt gets kicked up when they're when they're walking around or the dust, the moon dust. With air resistance, there would be like a kind of a plume or like that kind of rolling, like uh, almost like like a mushroom cloud. It billows and rolls up, and because it it it's influenced by the vacuum of air pulling and then the force of the air pushing it in different directions. But on the moon, it just showed that it was just like flicked, and none of it slowed down. It all went into that uniform speed and dropped it the same way. No billowing, no air effects, and. I mean, I don't think they had the capability to vacuum. Well, they could right. get, they could probably get the, the air out of a building but, but Robbie, back then, but they but couldn't Robbie, affect the gravity of everything. If you don't understand that the gravity on the moon is a different force than gravity on Earth, if you don't know that, you're too dumb to understand and to be able to debunk any of those videos because you don't understand the physics of the moon. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not and I know you're not a scientist and I don't mean to call you dumb. I just mean anybody in general who's like, here's the proof. It's like you but you don't understand the science behind it. How could you say that this proves that it's fake when you don't understand it at all? You don't even understand Earth physics, let alone. Do you understand the physics of outer space or another planet mm -hmm. with a different gravitational pull? Yeah, well, I'm no scientist, but you can just look at my it, right eye to see that I understand yeah, the Earth. Yeah, you Earth, understand the physics the of Earth, yes. very well. I talked to uh, again, and I want I want us to talk to this guy at some point, but I, I haven't had a chance to do the research I need yet on Dr. James Fetzer. It's a PhD. He, I mean, he has specialties research, mm -hmm. and he's got all he's he's claims he's got all this evidence that JFK and and. I won't entertain the idea of Sandy Hook, but the Holocaust and Las Vegas and the JFK, all of it, it's all fake. I'd love to hear it. 
I'd love to see it. Because again, I'm a person who, if you're showing me actual solid, indisputable evidence, I'll believe something. And he claims that he has it. It's even beneficial, like, even if it's not legitimate proof. Like, I enjoy looking at the stuff just to see, like, if they say they have a lot of sources. I like looking at it because then I can actually typically do the back, like, backtrack from there and understand where it came from. And the reason why it caught on as information that people are, like, trying to take as fact to justify either the conspiracies or reasons why they don't believe something or believe that, like, the moon landing was staged or stuff like that. Because I've I've got friends that actually send me different articles. Uh, most of them are like parents, um, and they're just on Facebook. And I'm always like, you know, like don't don't believe anything you see on Facebook. A lot of the time, don't believe anything you see on the internet. That's like not from you know peer reviewed sites, those kind of things. But they send it to me, and I'll, I'll I'll look at it, and I'm like, okay, looking up statements, reading it, and trying to backtrack where all the information came from to actually give them a a roadmap to understanding how this caught on as misinformation. So I appreciate so, and that's actually one of the reasons why like I don't mind hearing Fox News as much anymore because a lot of the time I'll hear like some crazy statement, and I'll be like, okay. I want to see what aspect of that is what the more, basis of more that factual. argument is, right? There's some iota of truth. It's always it's always saying. tweaking the language, which right, makes so, it like a legitimate story, but yeah. the way they're explaining it is actually like the um the uh just, just the perfect example the other day um when Fox News was talking about how um Biden was attacking gas stations because they were charging because uh, gas is so expensive right now and they were like yeah they actually had a a guest on the show they brought in different people like different owners and convenience store workers and i'm just there i'm like biden called out the gas like the companies right like mobile or uh, irving but they're talking to people as if he was calling out like a circle k or just a, the convenience store aspect which the profit margins are razor thin and they're not making much money they're just like the convenience stores added on with the gas stations but the gas companies that are actually like those are the yeah. ones setting the money it's not the it's not the convenience sure. stores by the way the price of oil since the beginning of june is down 20 percent a barrel mm -hmm. the price of gasoline with the pumps down eight percent yep Oh, Price those gouging. numbers, those numbers should be lockstep. Well, they they go up immediately when the price of gas, uh, price per barrel goes up. But you know, they got it. You got to It's that trickle down effect after it uh, it goes back down, and that's uh, that's really actually in, here in New Hampshire. Uh, there, are, I think it might be a couple more, but now I, I read from WMUR that there were three gas stations with regular under four dollars. Wow. It's getting down there. Yeah. Cheap, baby. Cheap New Hampshire gas. And I'm loving These it. These high gas prices are going to be like COVID. Eventually, we're just going to stop caring. It's yeah. going to be mean, honestly, sort like, of reasonable. It's going to be like $3.90, and we're just going to be like, that's fine. Half my family's in England, and they've been paying like $12 a gallon, essentially, for the longest time. So I'm just like, hey, they must know, hate Joe Biden. Yeah, honestly, I, I was also, I also wrecked my sports car and had to get a Prius shortly before all this gas started going up. So I'm also here just like, yeah, I hate my Prius, but I haven't spent more than $30 at the pump since this all happened. So <laughs> I'm not complaining. <laughs> my life's a little a little less exciting, but I'm not digging for change right now. 
by the way, my Joe Biden joke a minute ago was sarcasm. Obviously, Joe Biden is not responsible for the gas prices here in America, nor is he the president of England uh, and thus has nothing to do with the price of gasoline in England or anywhere in the United Kingdom or the world for that matter. Uh, a little joke I like to make. Uh, anyway, uh, yes, yeah, it, dude. Is, it is pretty the, the amount of the amount of stuff that people put on the president. Joe Biden, or even like when people were like are like yelling at Trump to do stuff, I'm just like, you know, like the president doesn't do all of this stuff. And and now that we're getting into uh, state elections, when I see commercials for New Hampshire, a big thing that I always look for when I'm on, on uh, campaign commercials on TV, I hate the ones that are like, oh, as uh, New Hampshire as an example, there's this guy uh, I didn't even bother to learn his name because he he seems just batshit insane, but he's like. New Hampshire representatives are responsible for uh, supporting Biden and do it like destroying the economy and raising gas prices and inflation. And all of new, like a lot, like New Hampshire is pretty bipartisan and they get a lot of good stuff done. So I'm just like, okay, well, who's watching these commercials in New Hampshire and going to be like, yeah, I hate how New Hampshire is right now. And it, and it's because of these people that the country is run. I'm just like, New Hampshire is run pretty darn well. And like a lot of the people that have been doing the good job, they're putting those commercials on like uh, like Maggie Hassan, for an example. Uh, actually, her nickname is kind of Tax and Hassan. But um, uh, even though our taxes aren't that insane here, but she's always coming on with commercials that are like I got into politics or my influence in politics has always been in New Hampshire. Like I'm not staying in D.C. I'm not focused in D.C. Like I'm focused on New Hampshire and things are pretty good. And then the rest of the commercials are like, this is what I've accomplished in my position. This is the thing. This is the impact we've had. This is how we've worked together. And then everyone's just like, yeah, we're letting in the immigrants down here and they're coming directly to New Hampshire on buses. And I'm just like, ah, well, well, mm, yes, that's why is, New um, Hampshire is doing so well. There is a candidate running for the Republican nomination for secretary of state in Connecticut, and he's got these very aggressive campaign ads. Like Dominic Rapini is the only man who will acknowledge that Connecticut's elections, you know, were like rampant and fraud. And it's like and literally nobody said that <laughs> like no Republican suggested there was anything weird happening in Connecticut. And this one idiot, it, his entire campaign runs basically off of the idea that there was rampant election fraud throughout the country. And especially here in Connecticut. Now, I've had on, Robbie, a lot of candidates for Connecticut state office on this conservative radio station <laughs> in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. I won't even entertain that guy because he's an idiot. I won't I won't have him on with me. I have no interest in talking to somebody whose head is up Donald Trump's ass. The Secretary of State's an important job. And if you think solving rampant election fraud is the number one part of the job. You're not, you're not doing any of your homework, buddy. You, you, you know what I mean? Like what? But the message is still getting to some people because um, uh, up here, uh, so I saw somebody post on just like a Snapchat story that the uh, what's known as like NSC one, three, one of the nationalist social club was like handing out flyers in Dover 
um, just like at all, like I think they were leaving them at people's homes. It, like it's a, it's essentially like a white supremacist group, and they were at the uh, the Kittery Trading Post in uh, Kittery, Maine. Uh, shout out to the Trading Post, love them. But um, they were outside. I don't think I don't know if like the Kittery Trading Post like let them be there or if they were just like on the sidewalk, you know, public area. Um, but they had just signs that just said "Keep New England White," and I'm just like, okay, well these guys are total idiots but the message is getting to them but they're proud enough to go out and do that but and i would be i would be willing to put money on the fact that they were probably anti-maskers as well but they don't even show their face when they're out there holding up the signs they got full-on ski masks in the middle of summer out there just like being like keep keep new england white and i really uh i actually tried to send them an email to see like if they have like dates set up for different locations because i really want to just go there with a sign that just says like cousin fuckers and an arrow pointing towards them <laughs> so i can just stand <laughs> right next <laughs> to them um well I'm, I'm i'm a little bit on the fence because i like i want to do like the condescending thing but also like these people are probably just people that like have not been like either a pre- like shown appreciation or just found a positive influence in their life that they're just like either alone and then they uh, get extremist views and then they find comfort from other people that are alone with extremist views. And then it creates those groups of those people that actually become more, more willing to go out in public with their similar friends and like try and spread their extremist views and just like the, the, the messages of hate. So, you know, it's, I, I, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm always someone who's kind of like wanting to just, irritate and nudge or kind of poke fun at people but also in those situations it's like yeah you can do that but those people are just going to end up using it as justification to keep getting more extreme because they're like how this person like hated on me i'm going to hate back as well so you know it's it's a balance there um but just like it, it shows those messages of hate are getting out and you know being heard and for the most part people don't really take them seriously like the uh, the public but i'm just here seeing them now just be out and about holding a giant sign that says keep new england white in a massive like shopping area the the kittery outlet area and i'm like you know these people are out and they're not having any problems with it I'm like this is something that needs to be taken seriously just just to at least you know try to communicate with them and and i mean i'm not we were talking earlier about like don't force your views on other people but at least like try to instill perspective and 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 a little bit more knowledge and understanding of what everyone else views and how people view it and see if they can actually open their mind a little bit to it. That is if their mind isn't already just like freaking gorilla glued shut. Yeah. But I am kind of leaning towards making fun of them. <laughs> it's hard not to, you know, <laughs> it's uh, it, it really is hard not to. Mm-hmm. I just look, my whole thing is I, I feel like you got to be on the level with people. You know, it, it's as it's as simple as that. I think if you're not being honest with people about stuff, I think you're doing I think you're doing people a terrible disservice. And like I said, if you do it in front of me, I won't I won't go quietly into the night. Mm-hmm. Rage, rage. I saw someone who I saw like one of the most muscular and manly men get that like tattooed on his his ribs. But in like a combination of Disney and Comic Sans font that just combined to look really feminine. And I was like, oh, God, like I I do like that quote, but that is a horrible choice of font for a tattoo. That is never coming (laughs) off. That is literally like that's like shopping mall, like perfume department font 
on your rib cage, Mr. Muscular. It's essentially if like Lou Ferrigno just had butterfly tattoos on his rib cage. <laughs> like that that's the vibe it gives it gives off. I like that. I actually like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what the image of Lou? Can you imagine Lou Ferrigno as the Hulk, but you look closely? He's just got green butterflies flying around his rib cage, and all the villains are just like, it's like this is the guy who's going to kick my ass right now. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> the Ferrigs. What a great guy. A legend. Have you heard the uh, the for Catholicism and Christianity? The Bible's the same, right? Yeah. My favorite, yep. uh, my favorite uh, part from the Bible is, uh, and the Lord said unto John, come forth and you will receive eternal life. But John came fifth and won a toaster. Oh my God. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a bummer for him. By the way, here's one other thing about the Christian religion that I, I don't know if most Christians know this. The religion was founded originally by James the brother of Jesus, as he's referred, mm-hmm. and Peter, Simon Peter, his best friend and, like, the lead apostle. They, the rabbit, correctly? Correct? Yes. Yeah. South Park Illustrated? Yeah. They started the religion preaching what Jesus was preaching. St. Paul, who was a guy named Saul, who we later found out was actually a Roman citizen the whole time, if you read his his the very opening salvo to Paul, he says he met Jesus in a dream and everything that comes after that opening is all in his head. It's all a dream supposedly that he had or a hallucination of some sort. They, they, he eventually fought with James and Peter, Jesus's best friend and brother and stole the religion away from them and made it his own thing because of a dream. Because he liked what they were doing. Um, he didn't. So so James and Peter, they were Jews. Jesus was a Jew. Mm-hmm. And when they started the new religion where Jesus was the Messiah, they were still following Jewish customs. You thought they could circumcise the whole nine. And Paul was like, oh, no. I, Saying circumcise I, the whole nine sounds a yeah. lot worse than it than the whole choice nine. of words. Yeah, you don't want any of that. But basically, Paul was like, yeah, no, I talked to Jesus in a dream and he was like, you don't have to do that kosher stuff. Uh, you don't have to cut your dick. None of that. You're good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even joking. And like and so really, uh, James and Peter, like, call him to Jerusalem and they're like, dude, what are you? Why are you telling people that? Like, that's to say we're going to do the kosher thing. And and Paul was like, yeah, no, totally. I, I'm definitely going to do that. I won't tell people. um, I won't I won't recruit outside of Jews, which is what he was doing. He was trying to get more people to join the religion. And they mm-hmm. were like, yeah, I don't want to be Jewish. And, and there he was like, no, you don't have to do any of that stuff. You don't have to eat kosher. This, I'm telling you, none of it. And so, um, yeah, he stole the religion and was like, uh, here's all the shit I don't want to do. And he made it something he was very comfortable with. And then stole the Jesus part. I'm pretty sure you could get a lot of favor from the public just getting rid of the cut your dick part of it too. Yeah, I would think so. Be like, Nobody oh, that. this guy, this guy Paul over here, he says I don't have to snip the tip. Yep. I'm gonna go with him for now. Seems like a, <laughs> as far as the immediate timeline goes, a little bit more beneficial on his side. By the way, one of my favorite things that uh, the late Christopher Hitchens pointed out once was 
man was created in the perfect image of God, but apparently a little too much skin on the dick. Um, who decided that? Who decided God isn't good at measuring foreskin? We got to fix this. Like, what the hell is that? Right? Or does God purposely make your dick that way? And ha- What? Who no, has it, that kind of time? Why would anybody think a supreme creator would have, like, done that? God's paintbrush. It just dipped it a little too much in the paint, and it dripped too far. Can I tell you where I think it came from? Yes. I think the, the first pedo rabbi was like, you know what? We should uh, cut some of the skin off the deck. Do you know what they do after they cut it? Um, No. They suck the blood. Ugh. There's been many cases of hepatitis being uh, exchanged on these little performances. Uh, is this done? Med- like, how is this done nowadays? Is this done in like it's a medical done usually facility? Usually in a hospital by trained okay. professionals. But if you're Jewish, it happens at a whatever they call them, a sheva or whatever the ceremony is. And yeah, there's a, yeah, I'm sorry. I always like, I always, I always liked Mel Brooks's version of it in men in tights where it's just like a very miniature guillotine. Yeah. (laughs) Put your head through the guillotine. The blade falls down, dude. But imagine, imagine somebody early on in that religion was like, no, no, no. You got to cut the dicks. That's what God said. He did. Where you ever he... see the movie? You ever see the movie Year One? Yes. Jack Black when they meet the guy is like, is a so you're saying you have too much cock? He's like, ah, no, just 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 the tip. Believe me, it's gonna it's gonna catch on. This thing, this it's gonna it's gonna catch on. Don't worry. Yep. And then you hear his son screaming in the background <laughs> as they walk away. <laughs> yeah, that's telling all, you. It just baffles me, like how certain things lot, came about. A lot of religion focuses on the genitals Mm -hmm. where you're putting your genitals. They want to touch and inspect your genitals. They want to make sure you're not putting your genitals in the wrong person or in the wrong hole on the wrong person. Um, Well, I don't know. Again, my, my biggest problem with religion is it's, I mean, for anybody who's like, you want the government up your ass. It's like, you want like a, an imaginary figure uh, from outer space to be in charge of your life, and some dude in your neighborhood is g- like gonna be your spiritual advisor in life, right? Some some unmarried virgin pedophile guy is gonna give you life lessons and mm-hmm. be your spiritual advisor. Nah, I'm good. I'm yeah. all right. And then I'm some right. dude I'd in the Boy Scouts is going to take movies. your kids out for a week. Yeah, dude, come on, right? Well, okay, so thinking about it, back in the day, like way back when, like I feel like it, a lot of things could have focused on the genitals because obviously medical practices, and this is just me having like a thought off the top of my head, like just to maybe get an idea of what they were thinking. Like medical practices were horrid back in the day. So maybe they were like, you know, this is this could be potentially to protect uh, the health of our, uh, reproductive systems, because we don't really have a a good understanding. And even now reproductive systems are, uh, you know, very fragile, uh, they were still leeching, leeching people like 200 years ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, leeching people still has like some positive effects. 
but I mean, as far as like modern medicine, it's like super primitive. But yeah, um, you know, so like you could think maybe like back like in the this, day. Robbie, Robbie, if your doctor suggests leeches, I would say bare minimum, get a second opinion. Yep. Right. Just make sure the other guys like, like I'm saying so told you to do what leeches. Are you sure he didn't say bleaches? Because <laughs> uh, that would be weird to hear leeches. And then I go to the other doctor and he's like, yeah, man, if you take a pill, it'll end up in your vagina. <laughs> so, okay, let's get a couple more opinions. Whoo, yeah. Let's start doing the law of averages again. I guess that's the other thing is, listen, you know, I understand. And this is my problem with this guy, Dr. James Fetzer, who I want us to have on this show. Yeah, let's just shit on him. Roll out the welcome, Matt. I respect the PhD and the work this guy's done. It's not easy to get a PhD, okay? Mm Got to put a lot of work in. But I read an article about him on a website, a pretty well-known website, and it said in the mid-'90s, before Dr. Fetzer went batshit crazy, he blah, 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 like some accomplishments. And I thought, a professional website, described your scientific abilities as before he went batshit crazy, he was dot da 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 and now you're just batshit crazy. Mm-hmm. But here's my thought. He's still a researcher. He still understands the process of research. And so, Robbie, bare minimum, I want to give the guy the respect of And again, until I start digging through his work here, if I can see, because, and here's the other thing with religion, Robbie, most people operate on the system that God is real. Yes. Mm -hmm. Most people you grew up, you just, God is real. And then the first time somebody was like, or believe in some sort of like, you believe there's a higher power, right? There's some sort of something created the universe as far as 99% of people are concerned. You the first time you hear someone is like, dude, that's all made up, and you're like, nah, because you're again, you're you're arguing from a place of you've believed this your whole life, mm-hmm. and this is the first time you're hearing it. Of course, you can't believe you've been deceived your entire life. There's some big conspiracy that that there's a guy in the sky and it's fake. Yeah, uh, more or less. Yep. Like 80% of the people on earth believe that there's somebody watching us from the depths of outer space. And then 1% of those people just have Truman syndrome. (laughs) Yeah. Which is actually a disorder, but it's ingrained in your brain from a young age that there is a Supreme being watching you. So you have to, you have to unlearn from that, that the omnipotent creator of the universe who would be pissed if you stopped believing in him and maybe would destroy everything on earth as a punishment for you feeling that way. And you're welcome to, cause you have free will, but there's also that heavy statement, you know, like the, the greatest trick the devil played was convincing people he didn't exist a hundred percent. But dude, so again, right. This idea that if you don't believe in God, you're headed for eternal damnation which again, there's nothing in the Torah or the Bible in any way, shape or form that suggests that's a thing. Okay. That's just another made up church doctrine. There, there was, there's no hell. Mm -hmm. Um, but 
Again, the selling well, point Newark, is, Delaware gets pretty close. <laughs> the 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 starting point is if you don't love this guy, if you use his name in vain, if you believe in more than one of him, you will be damned to eternal burning and suffering in the depths of Satan's ball fucking crack or whatever. You're free to believe whatever you want, though, because you have free will. God said it. And it's like, oh, man, I don't know, know, man. You know, I'm going to we're playing Russian roulette, right? I'm going to exercise my free will to with go a, with, with this a guy. six shooter. And we've both taken two turns and it's your turn, Robbie. Take a shot. It's like, uh, oof, kind of damned if I do, damned if I don't here. Uh, and again, you're coming from you already believe in God because everyone told you it's real. It's hard to deprogram out of that. And then and then your mom and the people around you were like, Robbie, you know God's watching. Why? why? Well, humans are not real. And it's like, dude, because there's no fucking proof of it. That's why. That's why. And, you know, when I hear people talk about the virtue, faith, I think to myself, I think you're confusing that with the foolishness that is faith. And there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Well, humans are just naturally just like kind of afraid of change anyway. Yeah. And a change like this, it's essentially like uprooting your entire foundation, especially one that you've grown up with. So I can completely sympathize with just people having that hesitancy and almost like a legitimate fear about it. And then there's also like uh, it, it slightly comparable to, you know, me in New Hampshire being like, you know, we got a lot of good things going, you know, maybe we, we don't need to change too much. You know, if somebody's had a religious life there, led a religious life um, for their entire existence and it hasn't really done them bad, then, you know, it's, it's kind of easy to understand why people would be like, yeah, I don't need to change. Or even if, even if facts point me in a different way, like what's been, yeah, what's but, been the but, problem with but, me doing this? But, I mean, I don't agree but with you, but again, I would feel right, like I dude, can understand again, the mentality. It's like, I, because here's what you run into the where you got to respect people's religious beliefs. And my question is, why? If your belief is something idiotic and stupid, why do I have to respect it? If your beliefs on anything are idiotic, I have to respect it because it's your view. I have to respect. I I decide what I respect. I decide who I respect. I respect people that are intellectually honest. I, I, I respect people who are like, you know what? I don't know what the afterlife is. I'm just going to live my best life and, and, and see if, you know, that there's some payoff at the end and, and I'm not expecting anything. I, I have, listen, I have a, a, a person who I know really well and have a long time and, and she's related to my wife. Mm-hmm. Her husband passed away. She was a very religious person, still pretty religious person. Uh, she was a teacher in a Catholic school. Family goes way back to, to the Catholic religion. They're all super into it. Her husband died of cancer like 10 years ago. She had two sons, was devastated mm-hmm. by it. And then COVID happened. And she was like, this is unlike, can, can my life be any more like, fucked up? like, this is so ridiculous. And one day she shared a couple of thoughts. One of her thoughts was we should pray to God that he ends this COVID vaccine and brings things back to normal. And I thought if, if what you're saying is true, right. God can, can end COVID. Well, that would also have implied, I don't know. He started it. Yeah. 
or that he's, he's actively power, choosing not to stop it. Right. If he's got the power to stop it, he must have the power to make it not even ever be a thing. So, okay, fine. Uh, an omnipotent God with some limitations. It's weird, admittedly, but let's say that. Now, she also, a day or so late, maybe a couple hours later, she said something to the effect of, boy, my afterlife better be like super special because after all the suffering I've done in this life, I feel like I'm really owed. And I thought to myself, again, having gone to the same Catholic school and church with this woman, there's nothing to get, bro. There, there's nothing on the other side for you. Nothing that you think you're that you're going to get. Nothing that's going to have made all of what you did and all the money you gave and the time you, nothing is going to, is going to live up to the expectations that you have. That also I sounds think, a bit like greed and jealousy, which is not a bad thing. It's yeah. So it's against all the commandments, but it's so human and we can't help ourselves there. But again, when the person you're giving money to every Sunday tells you that your reward is in the next life and you're just shuffling the money over and your life's not going great. You're like, God damn it. This better be good. Mm -hmm. And it's not. And no one, nobody on earth has any ability to tell you that eternal life or heaven is some, nobody knows. It's probably, I would say, 99% likely that when you die, it's over. There's nothing more. Yeah. Well, I, well, just based on my, like, you know, the the childhood understanding of like the image of heaven, you know, angels and the clouds and stuff like, like somebody saying my afterlife better be amazing. It's like, if there's a kingdom of heaven, like, and you go there, is it going to eradicate all the bad views that people have, even if they do follow religion? Like, are there are like are there very religious or like devout religious people that are also racist in heaven or like what's the good areas of heaven like is the like the ghetto of heaven where like a lot of the poor religious people folk go they just like like they're in the clouds that are directly in the line of like planes taking off yeah so they don't have highly, a quiet highly unlikely all of the world's problems have been solved because yeah. we don't even know what the answers are. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine going to heaven? It's like, oh, I'd really like to have that cloud in the Swiss Alps. They're just like, oh, sorry, we only have spots available uh, right next to LaGuardia. Yeah, I, I just it, it makes me it makes me feel bad. There's a couple of things in particular uh, that that always makes me feel bad about the religious people is I know a lot of good religious people who are who are givers and they they do incredible things and then they they attribute it all to Jesus Christ and I think that oh, stop it just just take a take a brag here for a minute that was you mm -hmm. nobody did that that was you that feeling inside was courage you mustered some up way to have balls uh nothing magical about it I think it's more and, sad when people say like people have I think the most obvious thing that comes to mind is when people come out of the hospital, maybe being saved by the hard work of medical professionals. And they say, thank God for my recovery. When it's like medical science and people that literally have the most demanding life and jobs imaginable just to dedicate to saving people that aren't going to appreciate their hard work. Yes, sir. That, uh, is that Russell, my Jimmy's more than, Oh dude, so again, many right. 
Yes. I, I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand that way of thinking. I don't, I don't know why people think that way. I think that people, again, I've told you before, I consider myself a humanist, right? I mean, we're the, the smartest species to ever exist on this planet. And, and we've done some good things and we've done some bad things because we don't know what we're doing. You know, we're, mm -hmm. we're doing, we're doing the best that, that we can. We live um, by trial and error in every totally aspect. We do. Everything that we have today is a result of trial and error. I mean, dude, modern medicine was invented in like 400 BC. Like yeah. modern medicine is like 2,500 years old on a planet that's, you know, billions of years old, you know? There's uh mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff that's happened on this planet and a lot of things have lived and died and have gone extinct and this planet is constantly the surface is changing and the yep. and the molten lava inside is boiling up and and I don't know if you saw you saw that thing that crashed into the moon the rocket nobody knows where that rocket came from mm -hmm. there's a giant hole in the sun there's also um uh solar flares uh, starting in August that are going to be spitting at the earth that could likely knock out communications for months. Nobody's talking about it. And then there's also some random cherry red Tesla roadster just floating around out in space now too, with a copy of hitchhikers Guide to the galaxy in the glove box. That is hilarious. So there's, plen there's plenty of weird stuff out there. Did you see, did yeah. you ever, did you see that launched? Like one of the first SpaceX things, they just dropped a, a car in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It really it is. is. But there's also, um, oh, um, so uh, one of the things, uh, when I broke my neck and I, and I was in a, a rehab hospital, there were uh, um, chaplains that would come by. And there was this one chaplain that would stop by my room. She like gave me a Bible and she kept asking every day, like every time she came by, she'd be like, uh, have you started reading the book yet? And I was just like, uh, no, I haven't gotten around to it really. And then there was this other chaplain who came by. She was just like this tiny little Irish woman, but she'd come by and she'd be like, she'd be like, I'm not even going to try to do the accent. I can't remember, uh, her accent all that well at this point, but she was like, she was like, so have Robbie, you, have you, have you read your Bible? No, honestly, she was like, she was like, you haven't started the Bible yet. Have you? And I'm oh, like, no. That. And she's like, ah, oh, it's painfully boring and you're probably too busy right now anyway. And I was just like, oh, sweet. And she literally just came by and told jokes while the other one kept like pushing all the religion. But this lady, she's just like, hey, you're doing good. You want to hear you want to hear another joke? She like one of my favorite things she said to me, she was like, she's like, uh, why is Ireland the richest country in the world? And I'm like, why? And she's like, because the capital is always Dublin. Oh, God. That's pretty funny. And I was just like, that's the kind of person that's going to get me hooked on religion. If that's like, like somebody who doesn't push it, she's just like a cool lady and she's religious, gives me a, gives me like a, a prayer shawl every now and then. And I'm just like, oh, sweet. This lady knitted me stuff, told me jokes, like didn't even talk about religion, just wanted to make sure I had a good time. Do you like when people say they'll pray for you? Actually, okay, so I, in my position, like walking around with a cane sometimes, I've been stopped and people are like, hey, man, could I like say a prayer for you? And I'm honestly like, I mean, I'm not really religious, but I'm just like, you know, this is for better or for worse. This is how this person offers like a gen, like this is their offer of generosity. So I'm mm -hmm. not going to say no to them. I'm always like, yeah, sure, man. I appreciate like, Yeah, sure. 
And honestly, I met a couple of people in in college that way, just like good people. Um, so I, I I don't mind it. I, I've, I always, I mean, I'm a little bit of an introvert when it comes to being out in public. So I'm not the person to stop somebody and be like, hey, can I do this for you? But if it's honestly them showing me a like a, a, a motion of generosity, I'm not going to turn that down and be like, yeah, let me at least, let me at least encourage people thinking this way, thinking like, let me try and do better for people in whatever way I can. You know, I don't mind that. Yeah, I, I can. Say. I understand why a lot of people might be like, "Hey, like, leave me alone." But I don't live in New York, so I, I don't have that like New York City where everyone's just Robbie, like, "Leave me alone." If I feel like if I feel like they're being sincere in their well wishes, I go, mm-hmm. "Oh no, you don't have to do that." And if it's somebody who's just offering them, and I I'm turned off by it, I'd be like, "Oh God, please don't do that." Oh God, yeah. please don't do that. Oh God, please don't do that. Is what I'll say. Yeah, that tends to ruffle their feathers a little bit. Um, but again, I find intent makes a big difference. If you're sincerely like, oh, I, I, I want to say a prayer for you. Everything works out. I'll be like, oh, golly, geez, that's nice. But you don't have to. I'm just going to gonna chance it. <laughs> I'll just let him do it. And then I'll be like, hey, man, could I also like have like 10 bucks? Yeah, or dude, you know what? Not for nothing. Instead of your prayers, you want to donate money to you know uh, spinal research or whatever. That would stem cells. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, do that, that would be odd. They do something nice for me, and I'm just like, hey, you want to donate to something very uh, like anti-religion kind of? Yeah, experiment yeah, on babies. Yeah, do you want to make a donation to Planned Parenthood in my name? I could really use that right about now. <sighs> just really yeah that, that's what those are the areas where i'm just like hey eh, you know i'm not this guy's trying to do something nice um uh, uh, i wish probably, my birthday i'm not I gonna mess, my birthday, mess with him. i wish my birthday didn't just pass because i would love to put up one of those facebook statuses and <laughs> it would be this year for my birthday <laughs> i would really like donations to planned parenthood in my <laughs> oh man that my birthday's passed as well <laughs> But then again, nobody nobody would do that anyway. Everyone's just like, okay, yeah, well, I'd like a solid gold toilet seat. I love that though. I feel like that would be the right the right dude because <coughs> I what's find wrong? what's what? wrong with humans though that where like people don't want to donate to charities, but like the dude who says I want to make potato salad raised thirty thousand dollars on like GoFundMe. Well, that sounds like a it's a business venture. We all want to get behind some success. Again, when some sappy oaf needs help, we're like, oh, this guy's kind of a loser. He's just going to spend that money on, and what? We're doing another GoFundMe next summer. Yeah. You know? But hey, this look, guy here, Zach, he's making potato salad for the first time. Zach Braff's making a movie, and I can get out of the ground floor here. <laughs> you know? Ha ha ha! Hundred bucks, I get an executive producer credit. I'm in. Um, that's the mindset that people have. Yeah, it, it 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 really is. You know, listen. Statistically speaking, religious people donate more, and religious people are happier. Statistically mm-hmm. speaking, and to that I say, ignorance is bliss. And I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course you're happy. You're too dumb to know the difference. Unfortunately, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course you give more because they pound it in your head to keep giving and giving and giving till it hurts. And you think that's some virtue to give. You know, when I taught my kids, Robbie, as they hit teens and, and, and getting into their 20s, 
you know what I told him? I said, you got to look out for number one. Now, if you could look out for other people, do that too. Don't ever step on anybody to get yourself ahead in life. Okay. But don't help people if it's going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. Don't pull somebody up if they're going to pull you down. You, if you, if you, if you don't look out for yourself, you'll be no help to anyone. And so for me, for a lot of these religious people and for all the good they do, I think to myself, they're being deceived. And I understand it's in their nature to be good hearted and kind, but they also believe there's some reward in the afterlife for what they're doing here. So they are doing it out of some motivation, but it's what they've been taught their whole lives. You leave a good life, you give and you give and you give and you serve and then you get yours on the other side. Mm -hmm. And I know there isn't another side. And it makes, and me feel, makes me feel bad for those people, Robbie. And I think, dude, if you came from a place where you got to just pick your religion, all things considered, you don't go in there believing that all that shit's true, and then it's like someone's going to de deprogram you. It's not. Again, there's a reason why they push religion on kids. Mm -hmm. When they talk about the liberal agenda and indoctrinating children, they're speaking from experience. They're, they're deflecting. Mm -hmm. That's what you do. You, you drill this crap into your kid's head from a young age. So by the time they get to be a teenager and they start questioning it and they're like, but wait, this doesn't. And you're like, everything that you think it is bullshit. You're wrong. You've set your kid back a decade. When you do that, I mean, you've and set your kid back them probably off, setting them up for failure, probably even farther when you're just not even teaching them that like there is a balance to like to accomplish helping people frequently, but also living a good life. Like it's not you help people and then you're rewarded by a good afterlife. It's like you can lead a good life because you help people. But you can also live a prosperous life yourself with that as an aspect of your existence. It's it, it's not one or the other. I do a lot of charity work. My wife and I donate money to several causes that that mean something to us. I do it for the satisfaction I get in the moment of knowing I make a donation or if I volunteer my time somewhere or if I emcee an event for a charity that that's the joy that I get out of it. I'm not like banking. Like, I hope God wrote this one down. When I get up to them pearly gates, I'm going to be like, do you remember that weekend? I, I all weekend. I was dope. I don't do it for that. God's just like, yeah, it wasn't on your LinkedIn. So I didn't know. it yeah. happened. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, right now I've done some charity work with, and I'm not here to brag about my charity work, but you know, I I've done work that that's changed people's lives. And I, and, and, and they start crying uh, in gratitude and and it makes me cry to see a person cry when they're feeling uh in in your gratitude um you know and it's like this is all my pleasure glad to do this for you glad to make a difference i that's the joy i get out of this and it just makes me question robbie people that are doing it for the wrong reasons yeah that again are just thinking they're banking favor for the afterlife 
or tax and again, breaks. Th- right. They're going to be massively disappointed. And it's like, Oh, all that stuff that you did, maybe you didn't even want to do it. I had an aunt, her husband died and she basically told everyone to fuck off. And she went like a wall. She wanted mm-hmm. nothing to do with anybody. She was like a devoted 50s housewife like into the 2000s and he died and she was like fuck that shit i'll never do that again she hated that guy Mm -hmm. but that was how life went when you grew up at that time and she you know church every week to stop going to church she was done with all that bullshit broke free was just waiting for him to die uh she was 58 when he finally died and she was like i can live that's so sad, dude. Yeah, that's people, uh, people should on feel par with that just way. being in prison for your entire life. Yes, right for the for for something you didn't do. Oh well, that we found that DNA kit had fallen in the back of the file. Looks like you are innocent, Mister McCluskey. <laughs> Been in here for thirty years. Get out there and do some living, son. And it's like you put me here. <laughs> what? Thanks. It's like, well, it, it, see, I told you I was innocent, and they're just like, yes, but we have all these other thirty things that you've been found guilty of, and I'm just like, yeah, but I that just, one was wrong. I really do. I I feel bad for people who are genuinely deceived by another. Mm-hmm. And and, 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 and I've just been manip- yeah, manipulated. Yeah, manipulated. You know, there's so many scams, dude, where people are bilking old people at a 50, 60, 80, $100,000, their life savings. You're 85 and now YouTube commercials that like two or three ads, like in video, in every video, so many of them are just like scam products or, um, just like misleading information. Like it's like, don't eat. It's uh, there's a commercial that I keep seeing. It's like, and like you should not eat the like eating bananas is one of the worst things you can do for your existence because they have like sugar in them or something. And I'm just like, they have like a, like a shitty doctor who's reading just like, like a, it, it's like he paid like a $5 bill to somebody across the earth to just write a script for him in really bad English. And he just doesn't mind. He's just like, he's like banana have sugar glucose content too high for good body function always and it's like those kind of commercials but they're just all over the place or like 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 anime like video game like anime like little like micro transaction based apps it's like it's not it's it's not old people as much anymore i would say it's i mean it's shifted to young people because it's a much more immediate return you're not waiting for people to age anymore anything that i read that i find to be threatening or uh or or violence inciting anything i read see here that i feel like has that sort of agenda to it like i'm i'm onto it now mm-hmm. you know i'm onto it yeah but a lot of a lot of people aren't i mean it's hard to be it really can is be as because, good as you and i joe well robbie because here's the thing dude more and more it's increasingly coming from people with doctor in front of their name people with phd at the end of their name people with potus in front of their name Mm -hmm. people with senator or reverend or father in front of their name it it, these people are very influential Mm -hmm. and they know this or even websites that say dot org because that's no longer like really all that 
impactful. It's just you can have pretty much a commercial website have a .org and people don't know what the difference is. The more faith that you put into anything, the more likely you are to be deceived by the entities involved in that thing you believe in. Mm -hmm. And when you when you catch them in their first lie, just know there's a whole bunch of other ones coming or ones you haven't figured out yet. And trust your instincts even when they tell you not to, and they will. Well, I guess uh, moral of the podcast, everybody become a nihilist. Nothing matters. Don't have faith in anything, and you will live a fantastic life and not get scammed. Those solar flares are going to kill us in August anyway. I wouldn't sweat it. Yeah, well, and England's already roasting. <laughs> Dude, I know. Not for nothing. I can't help but wonder if this this massive heat wave all over the globe doesn't have something to do with these this these giant flames bursting uh, nuclear fusion happening in the sun and bursting at the earth. Coincidence? I'm, I'm really hoping it wave? doesn't actually have any damaging effects just cuz like I don't want the end of the world to have been accurately predicted by the movie Knowing starring Nicolas Cage. It's like a terrible movie where solar flares kill everyone. It was a god awful movie, and then he's just gonna be—he's just gonna come out and be like, "See, everybody, I was right." That'd be great. That'd be great. Maybe there'll be a camp where he helps repopulate the Earth. Nick Cage is the leader of the free world. Nick Cage is the modern Jesus. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I'm just. I don't know, Robbie. I feel like I feel like things are way worse than we even think they are, and we don't even know it yet. Once again, ignorance is bliss. Yeah, man. Right? This is awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're tiptoeing on the edge of destruction. I'm just tiptoeing and falling and smacking my face and getting more black uh, eyes. Uh, can I tell you something? I've never had an actual medical emergency where wow. uh, I, yeah, it never happened. And, and, and I mean, I don't know what I would do if I fell and was suddenly bleeding from my head, I would probably just lie there and die. Oh, I like, I have taken plenty of like wilderness first aid and like impromptu first response courses. So I'm, that's whenever stuff like that happens, like, I get kind of weirded out by like certain gory scenes in movies, but if that happens in real life, I'm just like Johnny on the spot with trying to like get the situation under control. That stuff I can handle really well. A couple uh, of years ago, I couldn't get a booster seat into the back seat of my car and in frustration, I threw it and it hit the support beam in my garage and it came flying back and hit me dead square in my face. And I went back into the car and then fell to the ground. And I laid in my garage on the floor for like 10 minutes. <laughs> Wasn't knocked out or anything. And it didn't cut me. It just hit me really hard. And um, I like to think if that thing had impaled me, I would, I literally would just stay there and bled out. Mm -hmm. That's well, me. 
Probably wouldn't have been a bad. Well, it, it, I'm not saying that it wouldn't have been a bad thing if you had gotten impaled. <laughs> Let me finish the sentence here. Let me finish the sentence here. <laughs> anyway, that was the podcast. No, um, <laughs> you don't want to pull it out. Always leave it. To, when it comes to when it comes to getting stabbed, don't pull out. Pulling out does not work, people. Moral of the story: be a nihilist and don't pull out. Um, and that's how you live a good, safe life. And you don't bleed out. But no, if you ever get impaled, leave it in because that could save your life. Case in point, kind of, unfortunately, Steve Irwin. Um, Ooh. When that got pulled out, blood got in the way. But yeah, if you ever get impaled by something, leave it in because that's usually stopping the bleeding from being as intense. Um, I've always, I've had, I'm, a, I'm an insurance company's worst freaking nightmare. So I've had plenty of emergencies that I'm just, a lot of the time, if someone's like, well, you should go to the hospital, I'm just like, nah, dude, like, I know exactly what they're going to do. And me going there is just being like getting told, yeah, you know, just sit here. Uh, maybe a little bit of ice. We'll uh, come back and check on you in 20 minutes and then go home. $30,000 bill later. It's just like, you know what? I'll just yeah. sit here. I'll sit here. I've got, I know I've got a concussion. I'll keep I'll, I've got ice on my head and I'm not going to be drinking. That's about it. $30,000 saved right there. Nice. Yeah. Oh my Lord. Dude, that's another thing, a, a topic for another day, perhaps. But the idea that, like, healthcare isn't a human right. Dude, honestly, uh, we should talk about that next time because, you know, they always say, like, Medicare for all would be a good program. But the amount of hoops that I have to jump through, just an example, if I have to, if I have a question that I need to ask uh, Medicare about health coverage, I have to usually dedicate an entire day so I can call somebody, wait to get on the phone. And then after that call is finished, wait like 20 minutes. I have to, I will call four people just so I can have a, a range of different answers. And if either, if anyone has like the same answer, I'm just like, okay, that's probably the most accurate because it's almost never the same answer. Nobody understands like the, the details of coverage or the loopholes and everything. It's very much like a game, um, that you have to learn all the ins and outs of it's, it's like a strategy game dealing with uh, kind of government healthcare here. Um, so we should definitely talk about that because I can come up with a million examples of how absolutely insane it is. Sure. Listen, can this system be fixed? I'll bet you it could. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, most definitely. But the, the, to me, Robbie, the idea that somebody could go without a cancer treatment because they don't have any money is that's just fucked up dude when when you consider the money every year that this country gives to farmers to oil companies to everybody and anybody there's fighting be benefits for the 911 responders yeah but I, right again dude it's like you know if somebody's going to die without getting some sort of like how as a how is a civilization how is the most advanced uh, country on the planet? How could we just be like, well, you don't have insurance, tough shit. I don't understand how there's people like that. I really don't. Yeah, it's because they confuse having the choice of insurance. They think the choice, being able to choose between a handful of different types of shit is better than being given a golden nugget. That's essentially how the American healthcare system is set up and and like the propaganda for it is created. It's like we could be giving you 
a, we could be giving you bars of gold, but it would take away your ability to choose what is given to you or what you have. So we should yeah. talk more about that because I actually did a bit of research on that, kind of comparing Canada and America, and it everyone's just like Canada's Canada's way better, but really the two of us are just last place compared to the modern any other modern established country. So definitely a topic for next week. But uh, yeah, so we'll we'll wrap up there. Lots to talk about continuing lots that we did talk about today um before i wrap up just want to mention that we do have social media pretty much uh following flames or at following flames across all platforms facebook twitter uh instagram youtube and um joe anything you want to say before we before we wrap up uh no well you can also visit us at clovercrestmedia.com uh we have a web page mm-hmm. Uh, so that's super awesome. You could find links to all the stuff that you were talking about. And yeah, you know, I would say if anybody, if there's topics or complaints, we're down for them. Or uh, again, if there's, if there's things people would like us to get into or to talk about or people you think we should be talking to, uh, hit us up. Yeah, love to. And we also have an email, which will be obviously posted on all this, uh, on all the systems. Uh, I think it's following flames, following flames at Proton mail i can't remember if it's proton's email or proton mail but that kind of uh platform so reach out if you'd like to we love the feedback we love the engagement we love being able to work with the community that uh is following our following flames podcast um but until next time i've been robbie mccluskey with joe aguire and it's a pleasure love you guys There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go up and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com.